Let's talk about the importance of the assembly. The New Testament instructs us of the importance of assembling with the local church. The Hebrew writer warned that we must not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 25. Please have a pen and some paper and write down these verses. When this podcast is complete, go back and study these verses. If you've got a question, you can always reach out. Now, the assembly is important. Let us notice why it is important. First, we have encouragement. This ought to be the first point we consider since it is mentioned in the immediate context about not forsaking the assembly. Now, in the prior verse, the writer said, Hebrew writer said, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 24. Well, how do we consider one another in this way? Well, we do so by not forsaking the assembly. We assemble together so we can encourage one another. Encouragement is reciprocal. We assemble in order to be encouraged by our brethren but we do not simply attend for our own benefit. Through our attendance and participation, we can also be an encouragement to our brethren. However, the opposite of that is true. By not attending, we are being a discouragement to our brethren. From time to time, there will be visitors that come into our assemblies. Now, many times these visitors are not Christians. Often they come by invitation of a family member, a friend, or co-worker who is a member of the congregation. Occasionally someone will come in from the community and just visit, not knowing anyone in the group. Now Paul wrote to the Corinthians and mentioned occasions in which visitors might come into their assemblies. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verses 23 through 25. He said that this was an opportunity for them to be taught which would hopefully lead them to become followers of God. Now evangelism is certainly not the primary purpose of our assembly. Neither is the assembly the primary method we ought to use to reach the lost. But these opportunities do present themselves there. It's important that we assemble with the saints so that when these opportunities arise, we might be able to help these visitors. We will also be able to show them an example of our commitment that we really do take our service to God seriously and make it a priority. Another reason why the assembly is important is because of what we do in the assembly. God has given us certain things we are to do collectively. Now the Lord's Supper is one act that is to be done together in the assembly of the local church. Acts chapter 20, verse number 7. Also see 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 33. Next, giving or taking up the collection is also to be done on the first day of every week when the church meets together. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. The passages cited also show us that these acts are to be done on the first day of the week in the assembly. Now, the assembly is wherever Christians meet. Other times and places are excluded. 
so we meet in order to take part in these activities. There are also other things done in the assembly that, while not done there exclusively, are important reasons to assemble. First century assemblies had singing, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 26, which was speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 19, God wants singing and singing only. There is also the chance to pray together in the assembly. Acts chapter 4, verses 23 through 31. Teaching and preaching are also done. Acts chapter 20, verse number 7. Now obviously, if someone is teaching, it implies that there are people to be taught. It implies that there are people there to be taught. As we have seen from the New Testament, the assemblies of the local church are important. We have the opportunity to encourage one another. We can take advantage of helping those who visit. And we can participate in doing the things that God has instructed are to be done in the assembly. As the Hebrew writer said, do not forsake the assembly. Take advantage of every opportunity to meet with your brethren in the assemblies of the local church. This is one way we obey God, assembling with the saints. Now remember, to be called a saint, not as the denominations refer to saints, as the Bible defines saint, you must be a Christian. In order to become a Christian, God requires certain steps that must be done. Now please write these down. Go back and study them. These are not suggestions. They are commands. You must hear the gospel. Romans chapter 10, verse number 17. This is how you build your faith, by hearing the gospel. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6. Next, you are to repent of your sins. Acts chapter 17, verse number 30. This is a change of life, and it's a command. Write it down. Acts chapter 17, verse number 30. Next, you are to confess your faith in Christ before men. Romans chapter 10, verse number 10. Again, this is a prerequisite to salvation. Next, you are to be baptized, that is, immersed in water for the remission of your sins. In order to obtain remission, you are to be immersed in water. This is how you have your sins washed away. Acts chapter 2, verse number 38. Acts chapter 22, verse number 16. Now when you complete these steps, the Lord will add you to the church himself. It's his church. He said he would build it. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18. And he did build it because we see him adding those to the church in Acts chapter 2, verse number 47. And who are these people? They're the people that followed the plan of salvation and that plan we just laid out a moment ago. If you want the benefits of the saved in the first century, simply do what the saved did in the first century and be added to the church. It's the Lord's church. 
and he will add you himself. Then you are to follow the instructions in your New Testament. And when you do these things, you're living faithfully. And the Bible promises, God promises, if you follow his instructions and you live faithfully for the remainder of your life, he will give you a crown of life. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 10. We know if we obey God, we can be fully assured of his promises. Now remember, you can catch my program, Simplicity in Christ, on Contending for the Faith Radio, each Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Central. Go to contendingthenumberforthefaith.org. That is contendingthenumberforthefaith.org. This is a live broadcast each Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Central. Hope to see you there. Thanks for listening.